Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. If you've listened to our podcast for a bit, you already know we love a good checklist. I mean, it's just so satisfying checking off the boxes, right? But in today's episode, we're kicking it up a notch. We're going to give you your ultimate checklist of checklists, aka all the things you need to stay sane as a teacher. But first, before we dive in, we're going to listen to a TSH from Ramelli. I hope that I said your name correctly, Ramelli, and I do apologize if I did not. But Ramelli says, uh, currently my TSH is my commute time. I am already waking up at 5 a.m. to get ready and get going for the day. After school, not only am I exhausted, but I have to leave by a certain time or I get stuck in traffic for up to an hour some days. So I end up feeling stressed out because there's not enough time to go early and there's not enough time after school. If I try to do any work at home, I feel guilty for using my own time and not having work-life balance and boundaries. Any advice? Mm. First of all, I know having a long commute, it is hard. And this is where you can't compare your situation to anyone else's. And it's not okay to feel guilty because it sounds like you're comparing it to what you think you should be doing or what it feels like you should be doing. And ultimately everyone's situation is different. And I don't want you to feel guilty for using your own time or not having that work-life balance and boundaries. At the end of the day, there were times where I wanted to work at home because it made me feel better. I don't want you to feel obligated to feel like you have to do it But you should never feel guilty if you choose to or want to, and ultimately that's going to make you feel better. I mean, I think Bridget and I, we do preach like trying to work your contract hours only because there are so many teachers that feel obligated to work outside of it, and that's Mm -hmm. what's not okay. But if you enjoy working outside of contract hours and it makes you feel less stressed and it makes you feel ready to go, there should be no guilt attached to that. You don't have to do what everyone else does. You don't have to have, you know, this quote unquote balance is going to look different for everyone. So don't ever feel guilty as long as it's something that makes you happy. It's okay. And if you're feeling stressed out because you're having to work your own time, then that's a different story, right? Then you need to figure out what can you take off of your plate? What adjustments can you make? But if you're okay spending that time, you don't need to feel guilty about it. Yeah, absolutely. I could agree with Michelle completely, but it's so interesting because you talk about your really long commute time. And I think about just myself personally, I would love a long commute time. And here's why, because I feel like I'm at home, like at school with kids all day long. And then I show up at home and I have to be on for my kids. And so sometimes I think, man, I would really love that commute time for just me, like putting on a podcast, getting my favorite snack and just eating (laughs) as I'm driving, you know, like listening to music and jamming out like, oh, I in some ways would love to have that because it's time that I can give back to myself without feeling like I have to be doing something for other people. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's like that mental checkout time. Yeah. And so it's sometimes I think, you know, going back to what Michelle says, we have to look at these situations that we have and we almost have to change our mindset. And Mm -hmm. so instead of thinking of that long commute time as a, oh, I'm wasting so much time, think of it as, who, this is my time to refill my cup. Like, what can I do during this time to really enjoy the peace and quiet, to be able to eat that special treat that I've been waiting for, to, you know, listen to a podcast that I want to listen to and just completely check out from everything else around me, because that's then what's going to fill yourself up so that way you can give back more when you have that time. So yeah, I think that's changing your mindset. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Love it. Well, Jumping into this episode, we did want to start with a disclaimer. We are not going to break down each checklist because they're different for everyone, right? Like even when it comes to planning, let's just say a field trip, that looks different for every school, every district, Mm -hmm. and so on. Plus, we also don't have time for that because this episode would be like days long. But you can use this episode as a resource and create your own checklist of checklists to make sure that you have. Now, we're going to basically give you like, here's a checklist we think you should create. And then it would be up to you to actually take the time to brain dump and, and get those checklists created. So we're going to share really quick just some places that we store our checklist. So the first one is going to be a teacher planner. Now, our digital teacher planner has some blank page for checklists, but we also give you some checklists to get you started. And I think our checklist for the ones that we have done are glorious. I use them every single school year and they save my butt so much. So be sure to check that out. You can head to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store to check out our digital teacher planner. But you can also keep it within the Notes app. Um, So the Notes app is going to be a great one because it has that cloud sync. So you're going to be able to pull it up on any of your devices. And it does allow you to have little check boxes. And I do like that it doesn't completely get rid of the item once you check it. So it still stays on there, but it's just notified that you have it checked off. Google Keep is going to be another one. And this is great for recurring checklists. You can also do a Google Docs. So if you want to have it opened up on your computer, you can have it as a Google Docs. They also have that ability to have checklists. And then you can print and laminate, which is by far not our favorite because there's so many different steps that are involved. And as soon as you need to make a slight change to it, you've got to print it, you've got to, you know, laminate it, you've got to cut it, you've got to hang it, and it's just too many steps in between. So we do highly recommend that you're keeping all of your checklist digital. Yeah. If you're going to go the paper route, rather than laminating, maybe consider just putting the paper into a page protector. Typically, as long as you're using good dry erase markers, it won't like stain the page protector or, you know, Mm -hmm. over time you might have to replace it. But lamination is no different. That way, all you have to do is change out the paper and it might save you a little bit of time. But Mm -hmm. jumping into your checklist of checklists, we've kind of grouped them into categories That way you kind of can think about them in almost like these different umbrellas. So the first category of checklists is going to be routine checklists. Routines are such an important part of ensuring you're getting everything done. So making sure that you have a good routine checklist is going to save you time in the long run because you will know that as long as you complete this checklist, you're not missing anything. Your day is going to be set up for success and it can really help in those days 
days when you feel like you're running behind or just things are frantic, you know, maybe something happened on your way to work and having that checklist to kind of fall back on is really, really nice. Okay, so here are some ideas for your routine checklist that you might want to have. So the very first one is a morning routine. This could start from the moment that you wake up or if you want it to start like from the time you get to school and here are all of the different things that you need to get done. It's really nice to have a morning routine. An evening routine or an after school routine. And again, this could start from the time when your students leave or it can start from the time when you leave school. And we even recommend that if you want to even get your kids into the process of beginning your after school routine, get them involved as well. You can start holding some of them accountable, giving them jobs, and that's a great way to take some of those things off of your plate. You will also want to look at having a weekly uh, routine, a monthly routine, a quarterly routine, and then even a teaching routine. Now, what we mean by like a teaching routine is as soon as your kid's coming in, what are the things that you're doing? We talked a lot about this back in 2022 in October, where we started to look at having that monthly routine and then also the planning routine, the structure for your block. So that way, you know exactly what you're doing and you don't have to think of it. It's almost like driving a car to work and you don't remember that you drove to work. It's kind of that (laughs) situation. So you can check out those episodes. It's from 145 to 148. Those will help guide you into the right path. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we return, Bridget is going to jump into the next category of checklists you need. Bridget, do you ever feel like you're a hamster running on a wheel? Oh my gosh, all the time. (laughs) I feel like everyone has a traumatic hamster story, but that's for another day. I do feel like we all go through those times where we're just kind of, you know, in a rut. Yes, you're absolutely right. Whenever I feel stuck in a rut, I love to try something new. So if you're listening to this and you haven't tried digital planning yet, this is your sign. Cue the song, I Saw the Sign. I'll Mm -hmm. spare you from listening to my horrible singing, but we have free digital planner samples you can download on our website. You can head over to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store and then click on the purple box that says, try our digital planner for free. From there, you can choose the Google Slides or tablet format and have it sent to your email right away. But if you love it, you can always come back and purchase the full version with all the dated templates. But this is a great way to try it out risk-free. Now back to the episode. Okay, so the next category for checklist is going to be your planning checklist. Now, lesson planning is a beast, y'all. Just the idea of planning your lessons can make you want to just break open a pint of ice cream and then hide in a corner hoping that it's all going to end up going away. Um, But this is why we recommend taking some time to break down your lessons into a checklist that you can use. So you're going to feel more in control and ready to tackle that weekly lesson planning session when you have a very clear beginning, middle, and where you're going to be going at the very end. Now, even though you may be hearing planning checklist and thinking of just one checklist, we actually recommend you break it down a little bit further. So for example, you might have a lesson planning checklist. Now, everyone plans differently. Your quote unquote lesson planning checklist might be per lesson 
especially if you have to write more detailed lessons and maybe turn them into admin. Or it could be like a weekly checklist of what you have to get done in order to prepare the whole next week worth of lessons. That's always how I planned. I did a week at a time. You also might create a unit planning checklist. So when it's time to start a new unit, there will be certain things that you need to decide on and kind of figure out ahead of time. So how many lessons is it going to cover? How many days and what materials do I have? And so on. You might also have a checklist for what we're going to call material prep. This would be like getting all of the copies made, getting all of the activities, and maybe you're cutting and laminating. Maybe you have to go to a certain closet in order to collect books. That would all be part of material prep. Depending on your situation, you might incorporate that into your lesson planning, but it might be something separate, especially I feel like if you teach science, there's a lot more like material prep, getting all the things for the lab. So that might be its own checklist. And then finally, you might consider having an assessment checklist. Now, when we say assessment, we're really referring to like those big standardized tests or maybe just bigger like tests that you're school or district implements at various points of the year. So this is when you have to do things like covering the posters that are up in your room. And then you have to grade them, which might consist of like putting scantrons through the machines and actually grading like written parts and submitting that into the the system and then logging it into different systems. Like y'all know all of the things that would all go into that assessment checklist. So I'm going to go ahead and take us into the next category. This is a fun one. These would be your holiday and event checklist. Now, I was going to say we all love planning for big events. Although as I'm saying that, I'm like, I don't think that's true. I think it's just Bridget and I love planning for big events. I feel like I get into the the whole thing of like, ooh, this sounds like it's going to be so much fun. And then as soon as I get into it, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) Right. Yes. I have. I have. Once those responsibilities start piling onto your plate, you're like, wait, wait a second. You know, know. you have to manage all the parents and then manage the classroom of kids and they're all sugared up. And you're like, wait, why was this a good idea? So when those times come up, those very hectic, but also fun times, it's very important that you have a detailed checklist and you're really crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's, if you know what I mean. That sounded sexual. It was not meant to sound sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go into what are some of the the holidays or events that you might want to create a checklist for. So you might want to do this for your field trips, which by the way, we do have a field trip checklist in our teacher digital planner, which I think is ideal. It has helped me so much. You might also want to have a visitor or a speaker checklist. So it's not just about the holidays that are out there. It's any sort of event that's going to be out of the normal that you will want to incorporate into your classroom, right? Then you can also include those holiday celebrations from Halloween to winter to Valentine's Day to the end of the school year. What are some of those things that you need to really have? And again, we do have a holiday and like a holiday checklist, a party planning checklist within our teacher digital planner that will help get you started. Okay, so now I'm going to jump into the next category, which is teacher duty checklist. I <laughs> I am five years old. <laughs> Because <laughs> I love that word. Okay, so teacher duty checklist. And <laughs> I think I wrote, did you write that or did I write that? I wrote that. that. <laughs> so 
Bridget and I, when we outline these episodes, we kind of like just jump into different areas. And I, I think I wrote this one. So under teacher duty checklist, it says, no, not that duty. <laughs> but I'm five years old. So all I can do is laugh. Okay, I'm going to focus. So obviously, as teachers, we all have things that we have to do that are just part of the job, right? Like thinking about attending meetings, setting up your classrooms so on and so forth. And a majority of these duties happen week after week or they happen year after year. And we all know that as you start to get older, when things start to have more space in between them, you tend to forget stuff. So it's really helpful to create a checklist that you can always come back to so that you know you're not forgetting anything. So a few examples of this include a beginning of the year checklist, and that includes like the classroom setup and just getting all of those materials ready for your students and their families. We do have a pre-made beginning of the year checklist in our digital teacher planners, as well as an end of the year checklist. So all of the cleanup that takes place, all of the file consolidation, and you're getting their cumulative folders up to date. We have a checklist for that as well in the digital teacher planners, as well as one for conferences. Conferences can be super stressful if you're not well planned out. And so having a checklist to follow really helps with that. But some other ones you might want to consider creating for yourself would be like planning meetings. So if you are meeting with certain teams of people, I know we always had like grade level planning meetings, but then we also had math planning meetings. And it's helpful to have a checklist for each of those different meetings, as well as like data meetings or just other school meetings. It's different for every school. So it's hard to give you a definitive list, but y'all get the point. And I feel like whenever I have like those data meetings, I always get so nervous. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I feel like, you know, they're scrutinizing what I'm doing in the classroom. Do you know what I mean? And so I feel like having a checklist for data meetings so that I just feel better prepared and I can be proactive of, okay, what is it that these people are going to be asking of me when I go to these meetings? Oh, they stress me out, (laughs) y'all. Isn't that funny? Not really funny, but I feel like we feel more stress when we when we feel pressure from other people, right? Yes. I think when I know I'm in charge of something fully, I don't feel the same amount of stress because I, I can trust myself and I know that ultimately I'm going to do a really good job because that's yeah what my work ethic is like. But when there's other people's judgment being placed on me, I, I always know. worry that I'm not going to live up to their expectation <sighs> and that makes me feel stressed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel the same way. Okay. So we're going to go into the last category, which are personal checklists. And as I always say, you have one life. And so as much as we would love to draw a big line in the sand to be able to separate, oh, like this is my teacher life and this is my personal life. It just doesn't work that way, y'all. The lines are blurry. So here are going to be some checklists that really help keep you up with your personal life as you're trying to go through all of the roller coaster of what teaching is, especially for when we have those really busy seasons in our teacher life. So think like back to school, report cards, conferences, and so on. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So here are some of those personal checklists you might want to consider creating. First would be grocery shopping. So within the realm of grocery shopping, typically you have to like plan out the meals you're going to have, and then you create a grocery list. Then you have to actually go grocery shopping or at least go pick them up or schedule the delivery, something along those lines. Then you have to put them all away and you might have certain things you have to like prep along with that. 
You also might consider having a cleaning checklist and no shame if this doesn't happen often. I know in my busiest seasons, when I was in grad school and balancing teaching with the business and all of the things, cleaning was the last thing I worried about. So do not feel bad if that's not something you do often. But you know, like you might want clean sheets at least like once a month or something. (laughs) So just kind of having a checklist to go along with that. And it's also nice just to know like when was the last time I like cleaned the toilet or whatever, even if it's not happening often, (laughs) at least to know when it is happening. Also, what I'm going to call just like your adulting checklist. So things like paying bills, getting those small repairs around your house or apartment scheduled. Then you have things like holidays. So celebrating Christmas or Thanksgiving or birthdays with family family members and friends and all of the things that you have to do along with that. Mm -hmm. And then any like trip or vacation planning. Again, we tend to go through kind of the same process for that. So it's helpful to have a checklist that you can come to again and again. I'm going to be real honest. I have a packing checklist that every time I go on a trip, I reference this list and it's very broad because it'll say just like shirts, shorts, dresses. And obviously it's going to vary depending on how long I'm going and where I'm going, but it at least gets my brain going and not forgetting anything because otherwise I always forget pajamas. I don't know why. Always. I will not pack pajamas. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm going to do a quick side note story. So I have a teacher friend who she's the one who ended up passing away from cancer Um, Well, this was before she was sick, obviously, and we were going to a mass customized conference and we went to Penn State. It was my first visit to Penn State. We were staying the night there a couple of nights and we were sharing a hotel room because the school district was paying for it. So I show up and then I'm like unpacking for our first night and I'm like, oh, I don't have, I don't have pajamas. And I was like, listen, either we go and find somewhere where I'm going, where I can like buy something or I'm just going to be sleeping in the nude (laughs) under the (laughs) sheets. So I ended up going, we went downstairs and luckily there was like a Penn State store. So I was able to have like a Penn State pants and like a shirt that I was able to wear. But now I have that saved because it's such like a precious moment for me to always remember that moment. But yeah, I always forget pajamas too. Yeah, no, that that was a fantastic story. And I'm just going to throw in there, anyone who's listening to this that doesn't know, the first time that Bridget and I met and, and spent time together, we were sharing a hotel room because it was for like a kind of like a businessy thing. And we were roommates. Um, and we <laughs> we got massages together in the nude. The first time we met, it was very awkward, but maybe that's what bonded us. We did not plan the massages. They were planned for us. And it, it was, it was an experience. It was. That is oh for my sure. Gosh. That is, it was such an experience. Oh my gosh. It definitely made us closer. Okay. So here's the really important thing is that you don't want to try to create these all at once because that's just going to make you feel overwhelmed. And I'm sure that if you're anything like me, and as we were going through this list, your heart started fluttering just a little bit thinking, <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like so much work. But here's the thing. The next time you start completing one of these projects, you could just open up a checklist and create it as you go. Come back to it, reference, revise it, add things to it. You can just always modify and adjust this checklist as needed, especially if you're storing it digitally. So here is your sign. Store those checklists digitally. 
Very nice. Well, that is going to be it for this episode, but we would love for you to jump over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com. You can grab the digital planners we mentioned, which already have a lot of those pre-made checklists in our store, which you'll see the store button at the top. You can also go directly to teachingonthedouble.com slash store to, you know, save some time. While you're there, you can also submit your TSH or time-sucking hurdle for the chance to be featured in a future episode. Speaking of episodes, we drop them every Thursday morning. And if you're subscribed to the podcast, they're going to automatically be downloaded and ready for you. And we just think that that's fantastic. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe. It's just, you know, your way of telling your podcast organizer, like, hey, I really like their stuff and I want to listen to it. But if you do listen to us through Apple, we would love for you to leave us a review. We read them all the time and we even feature some of them on our Instagram. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.